0: that's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BDW. Group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
0: 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. In a world where everyone is a social media guru, there is one lodestone, one brightest point in the sky, one true north. <laughs> Uh, we have no idea where that is, but we've been here every Tuesday since August 2008, bringing you the absolute best and brightest guests from the world of social media and internet marketing. Welcome to Social Media
1: Edge Radio. And now it's time to get this show on the commode. Here's your host, Ken Cook, and co-host Mike Mueller.
0: Yes, we are, uh, Mr. Mike...
1: (laughs) Mueller? (laughs) chicken man chicken man in case everyone doesn't know probably trademark it
0: probably is i wouldn't i wouldn't test it uh in case everyone doesn't know mike is our resident chicken farmer and uh makes me jealous all the time because i have wanted chickens for a long time but because i live in a snotty suburb they think chickens are evil (laughs) how do i do mike
1: well you you did okay, except I, I'm going to say I am not a chicken farmer. I have chickens as pets. I've got four chickens, and okay. we get a couple of eggs a day, and <laughs> that's it. They are pets. They've got names. They come when you call them. So chicken farmer denotes a different thing altogether to me.
0: Well, compared to me, you're a chicken
1: farmer. There you go.
0: <laughs> I have to get my eggs from the store. Yeah, exactly. Uh, welcome to Social Media Edge Radio, where we'll talk about anything that we want to, and you'll either listen or tune out. So we hope we talk about the things that you want to talk about. And some of it's banter. It always has been. We've had people complain about our banter, but we've had a lot of people say, don't stop bantering. And actually, the don't stop bantering people outweigh the wah people. What do you think about that, chicken man?
1: And I'm good with that. I think. I think uh, we, you know, what we're unscripted. We do not have. We have show notes that we kind of compile, but uh, we're unscripted, so we need to banter. That's what we do. We are,
0: and we're self-sponsored. So if you don't want us to banter,
1: we can hook you up. <laughs> it's there you go. A problem. We can banter uh, about we- you.
0: You better believe it, and we've been known to do that in the past. In fact, we had a longtime sponsor that we bantered about every single show for the first about one whole season. Uh, We do talk about things that are relevant to marketing online. That's really what we talk about. There's a primary focus of social media, but it kind of bleeds over into the peripherals of just about everything you can do online. Like today, we have a couple of really good topics that we're mixing in. One of them is how do you choose a WordPress theme? Well, it's not directly social media, but it certainly has a lot to do with social media. And then the other one is, what if social media did not exist? Now, Mike, my idea, my thought behind this is a lot of people still don't get the value of social media for their business, their organization, their event. Uh, And and I'm going to use, when we start talking about it, I'm going to use my high school class reunion that's coming up uh, and how we've used social media to get it rolling as fast as we have. Uh, But sure, those are our primary topics. So hello, listeners. If you are listening live, most of you aren't. I realize that a lot of you listen on uh, iTunes later. Uh, If you are listening live, get on the uh, chat room. It's just a little button there on the front page. I can't see it because I'm not a user, but I know right there uh, somewhere underneath where our show is playing, you just click on chat room. And I'm in there. Mike will be in there. And we can take your calls uh, as well if you want to call in to Area code 323-642-1539. You can ask us anything. You can join in the conversation. We'll be on for about another 40 minutes and uh, having a good time. So last week, I Mm -hmm. missed you, Mike. I was out doing something else and just couldn't get to the show. So we decided not to have the show last week and moved it to this week. So we're actually still... Uh, season nine, but episode twelve should have been episode thirteen, uh, and, mm-hmm. and I I apologize for that.
1: Hey, you know what? You got the call, and off you went.
0: That's how I will do. I've been known to do that.
1: <laughs> uh, we got, we've
0: got a new section that we've started doing this year. We should have some bumper music for this, but we don't. Um, but bum, we we bum, feature. Bum. Ah, perfect. We do have bumper music. Um, we ha- have a couple of tools that we choose, something that we use all the time in our line of work, which is creating websites, creating content, uh, helping clients with their online marketing. Uh, I did one, Mike does one, and Mike's kind of got a twofer today, so I'm going to go first, and I'm going to talk about one of the ways that I transfer a lot of data from my computer to the web server or from the web server and back to my computer. If you've never used it before, if you've never had a a real reason to get into uh, moving large amounts of data, you may have never used a file transfer protocol application. It's FTP, file transfer protocol. Uh, There are several of them out there. Um, The ones that I used to love the most are gone, uh, but they've been replaced with with some pretty good ones. And the one that I use now regularly, Mike, is FileZilla. Uh, FileZilla allows me to have multiple sites open at the same time because it gives me a tabbed browser of the files that are on the web server. Now, you can't actually see the website. You can see the files, um, but you can't actually see the website. Um, I've got, oh, let me take a quick look here. I've got about 120 Sites currently in my uh, site manager and I can choose Mm -hmm. whichever one I want to connect to because my connection is remembered in there and I can Mm -hmm. pop in, get right into the directory I need to be in. And there I am. Here's something I really like about filezilla, Mike. I've got it so that if I right click on a file, we'll talk specifically PHP or JavaScript or HTML file If I right-click on a file, then I can simply Mm -hmm. choose edit right there from the web server side. It will open it up in my local editor. I can make the changes, and when I choose save, guess what? Is it directly back to that? Yep. Isn't that awesome?
1: Can So I want to... It, as far, so, this sounds totally just foreign to anybody who's, uh, most anybody who's not a developer who has built their own, let's say, WordPress website, and they go, hey, that was really easy. This sounds really horrible, hard, it because it goes into the back end, it's showing you, you know, what's on the server. And I'm going to say, you're going to have to use this if you're if you're working on your own website or what have you. Eventually, you'll have to use this, and a lot of times, and it really is. It's very simple as far as that goes, mm-hmm. and you don't need to code. You don't need to do anything. But a lot of times, what'll end up happening is somebody will say, "Hey, you need to adjust your maybe your functions.php file," and you go, "Oh, mm-hmm. well, how do I find that?" And you can do it in dashboard of mm-hmm. of your WordPress install. You know, right where you log in and right where it goes to, you can go there, but if you make a mistake, your whole site goes down, (laughs) and you can't get back in and fix it. And so the best way and the way that everybody's going to tell you is to use FTP. And FTP and FileZilla is a great program for doing that. Wonderful thing. So you just... You know, you, you've got basically a, a, it's a different username and a different password than your regular WordPress login. Mm-hmm. But you're looking at the files, and like you just said, that's the best thing. Is okay? Where's functions.php? And you go in and you find that, and you right-click on it and you say view, and it will bring it up in like text editor. Mm-hmm. And when you close it, it saves the changes.
0: Yep, it does, and. Here's another thing that even a novice user can do with it is if you think that your site has been compromised, now don't just go digging around in there just for fun, but if you think your Mm -hmm. site has been compromised, there are some clues that you can find in FileZilla. Uh, And one of them is to look for some really unusual files that are, most of them are listed on the internet that you can find. Uh, They'll tell you what uh, particular exploits are creating which files. Um, The one thing that I do wish that FileZilla had that it doesn't is a a pseudo-GREP, a pseudo-GREP, where you can actually search the contents of the files from your your FTP application, uh, and that's just not possible to do. But there are some ways to to, to use it to secure your site, Uh, and occasionally you'll need to upload something that – you might not be able to upload through your WordPress dashboard. For example, if you're wanting to verify your website with Google for Google search, you may need to FTP a file, file transfer protocol, a file from your computer to your FTP, to your hosting account. Uh, Bing has one. Google has one. And a lot of the third-party companies have one as well. So, right. yeah, FileZilla. It's at FileZilla dash -project.org filezilla-project.org don't go to filezilla.com you won't get this program
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and oh, yeah. actually you know that's it's it's open source it's it's a group mm-hmm. that puts it together and really smart people good thing
0: yep and they keep it updated very well so it's about as secure as you can expect online
1: yeah,
0: yeah that's mine
1: my turn yes sir once you build your site and your site's up and running, um, if it does get hacked, we've mentioned it before on the show, uh, there's a wonderful uh, company out there called Securi, and that's actually spelled dot net. And they will go in and via FTP, um, they will fix your – if you get hacked, they'll fix it. They'll find all the files they will – go in and they'll just do a wonderful job getting you back up and running if at all possible you know sometimes files are gone there's no backup there's no which you should be doing a backup by the way but um, they will go in and they will they'll fix everything and get you back up and running if at all they can Um, one of the best things that they have is what's called their site check so their site check will and this is free and when somebody says, hey, there's something wrong with my website, a lot of times I'll just go over to um, sitecheck.security.net, put in their site, and it will search their website and look for malicious code. It'll look for evidence of being hacked. It'll look, see if it's blacklisted on not just Google, but all the other different things that might send up a flag or what have you. Uh, and it'll give you a whole lot of information back. And then, of course, if you are hacked, you can go to security and they'll fix it. Of course, you pay them at that point. You pay them <laughs> right. and they'll fix it.
0: Uh, you'll pay though. You'll, you'll be glad to pay. hmm and, and the thing is, Mike, they're they're fast because they have the tools available. They actually, uh, I've watched them work from the back end. They upload a couple of files, run some scans with their proprietary uh, proprietary uh, uh, applications that they install on your server. It helps them identify uh, vulnerabilities, weaknesses, and, and things like that. So a lot of times they can do in a couple of hours what it may take even a, a, a trained person like myself four or five hours to do uh, just because they have the, the tools to do that with. And it's worth their fee, yeah. believe me, to, to pay me to do it. And, and I've had, there have been a couple of instances that security didn't quite take care of the issue or th- some damage was. Security won't necessarily the damage that a uh, an exploit was capable of taking care of, but they'll
1: get the exploit out
0: so that the damage won't show up again.
1: Yep, that's why the backup is so important. Always absolutely. be backed up. Absolutely,
0: absolutely, always be, abb, always be backed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is that the it? Tools. That,
0: that's, that's all we get. Just, I mean, I, you were doing so well. I was looking for more.
1: Well, you know what? I think that that pretty much covers security as far as the tool itself and the site check. Um, I think we should move on to news.
0: Well, I think so, too. That's just kind of what we do around here.
1: And now that we're so
0: professional, ladies and gentlemen, your anchor, Mike
1: Mueller. (laughs) In the news today... Um, actually this would be the news last week and it was fresh off the presses. Amazingly, uh we just mentioned Security and they have officially sold, they announced that they sold to GoDaddy. And there's that's the sound effect I was looking for. Um and that's how a lot of people in the industry feel about GoDaddy. And yes, GoDaddy is there there are parts of GoDaddy that are absolutely wonderful and then there are parts of GoDaddy that people have really uh, you know what, there there are sites out there called GoDaddy no GoDaddy no Yes. Yeah.
0: The things well, I use GoDaddy for I love GoDaddy. So
1: Yeah, I'm not worried about
0: security. I'm not worried about security selling to GoDaddy. I'm really not.
1: Well, and and so, you know, in security's blog, because I went straight over to their blog, uh, what it really means is they've got a cash infusion and they can continue to grow as far as that goes. Uh, What they're not. What they're saying that they're not going to do is they're not going to become an integral part of GoDaddy as much as they're going to operate sole and separate still. So they'll still be security, but they will be a bigger, better security because they're going to have a whole lot more cash and be able to do more things.
0: There's nothing wrong with this there,
1: bigger, better. they're uh, allowed
0: to, uh, uh, almost autonomously, and that's fine. You know, GoDaddy has its place. And it's very good at some of the things that it does. Um, there are other things that they do that make me cringe, but I'm, I'm not too worried about this one. Good news, though.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, what's this? What's this? Uh, low valued content. I, I mean, that's uh, probably most of us have some low valued content. How's that going to affect us?
1: Well, the other news story that I put in there is something called uh, Fred, or the Fred algorithm. And mm-hmm. uh, that would be from Google. So uh, if you're familiar with Google and you're kind of an SEO kind of person, they had a couple of different updates or filters or whatever you want to call them. Um, Panda, they they were kind of going along in that direction and they had penguin and those were primarily aimed at really what they were is they were aimed at making the web better or the results that Google was sending you to making that better. And some of that was getting rid of a whole lot of, you know, spammy type sites and things like that. Well, Fred, uh, in particular is, um,
0: it was rumored.
1: They didn't announce it. They kind of, it was really quiet. And it was just confirmed by a Google employee that, uh, you know what? Fred does exist, and we're rolling it out. And it's going after what's called what they're calling, anyway, low-value content sites aimed at revenue, revenue generation <laughs> over the goal of helping their users and readers. So that is typically that somebody who sells a whole lot of ads, or somebody who is looking for, you know, a whole lot more than, you know, uh, whatever they're giving. So if you search for one particular question, and the website came up as, and it looks like it's going to be the answer that you're looking for, and you click over on it, and it doesn't give you the answer, but instead Mm -hmm. gives you a form to fill out, that's kind of a Mm low-content site.
0: I would think so. (laughs) And that's something that uh, I think we've both advised our clients to do over many years. I don't know, Mike, if you've run into this, but I certainly have. And it's people that want to keyword stuff still to this day. Yes. And I say, do you understand the term delisted? Uh, And when they say no, I say, well, do you understand the term blackballed? (laughs) And they say,
1: yes.
0: (laughs) Uh, That's what was happening. Uh, so yep. this, uh, is apparently is going to automatically take care of some of the issue. And I'm hoping that it takes care of clickbait. Um, I know that's one of the things on their radar because it's, yep. it, to me, it's the bane of the internet. Clickbait is, uh, it's just not funny, Mike. Yeah. It's, it actually is theft. It steals your time. If you're really looking for some information and you click on a link that goes to a, a page that just has uh, three or four lines from the same story you're looking for, uh, and then everything else on the page is advertisements uh, and you have to click out mm-hmm. to get back to the original story, uh, yeah, I hope Google takes them down. All right, go, go get them, fellas. Uh, we're going to take a short break. When we get back, we're going to jump into the uh, topic. And looking for you to jump in the chat room if you're listening live. If not, give us a call in. Uh, and if you ever have any questions, you can always get us on uh, Twitter, Facebook, where wherever we may be. We'll be back in just a moment. Frustrated with your website? Can't get it to look right or work right? Think it's too expensive to hire a real development company to quickly turn things around? think again. For as little as $35 Ken Cook will investigate and often correct issues with your website. With over 20 years of web coding experience he'll quickly identify your challenges and help keep the costs and time to a minimum. Many jobs can be completed the same day. Regardless of where your site is hosted, what platform it's developed on, or what framework is used, contact Ken today at thekencook.com and instead of working for your website make it work for you.
1: Hey, this is Mike Mueller, and in case you didn't know, when I'm not co-hosting the show, I'm busy building websites for small businesses just like yours. But you know what? I do it a little differently than most web developers. First of all, I don't farm anything out. And secondly, I build what you want, not what I think you should have. And I don't just build a website. I don't just throw a template at it and call it a day. I ask you some very specific questions about your business and the goals of the website, and then... I build a unique system that fits your needs. And that's something no other web developer does. Check out arwoodconnected.com forward slash smedge for more details and a special bonus just for you, our listeners.
0: Just for you, our listeners.
1: Hello, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, we've had some good stuff on the show this morning. That was some very valuable information. If you missed it, make sure to get back and listen to the entire show. It's available on iTunes or at Blog Talk Radio. Uh, I'd also like to take just a moment and uh, say, uh, uh, if you haven't listened to the past nine seasons, they're all available there. Some of them are uh, pretty entertaining. <laughs> we've had some great guests over the years, and we've also had some Really good. uh, I don't even know what the term is, Mike. We've had some shows that probably should be deleted just because of the uh, technical Mm -hmm. trouble and things like that. But, uh, yeah, they're there. And also, as always, I'd like to thank Kevin McLeod for the uh, music that we play at the beginning of the show and the end of the show. You can get him over at
1: Incompetech.com.
0: How'd I do? Do I get my job now? All right.
1: That's good. You did perfect. That was great.
0: You know, what we missed at the top of the show, though, was the uh, ubiquitous sip of coffee.
1: Oh, I'm there. And not coffee, but green tea.
0: Absolutely. Um, however you choose your antioxidants, make sure you get them in your body every day. Uh, the message brought to you from Mr. Green Jeans. So, listen, um, <laughs> Mike and I both do WordPress a lot. Uh, I kind of live in WordPress. I live in the WordPress world. I do a lot of deep customization. If somebody needs a custom widget developed, that's what I do. If somebody needs a custom function developed that can parse data from another website and bring it into their website, if they need to distribute data across multiple channels, those kind of things. Uh, So working with things that uh, are for busier websites. But I also do fix and repair smaller websites. Mike does a lot more setup than I do. Uh, He'll do from the ground up and uh, take it from nowhere to existence and uh, does a very good job at it. So one of the things for me is normally after the fact. But for Mike, it's kind of in the beginning. And that is how to choose a WordPress theme. Mike, Idea, how many WordPress themes there are?
1: Ooh, ooh. Well, no. Uh, initially, <laughs> I would say you can go over. Well, because you know, when we when we talk about this kind of stuff, uh, you can go over to WordPress.org, and they have a page, and on that page are themes, and all of those themes are free. And mm-hmm. well, I can you know I can tell you there's you know just gazillions of them that are there and you can kind of search and filter and do all that kind of stuff but that's only a drop in the bucket because there's paid themes, themes you have to pay for that do not show up in that directory mm-hmm. yeah I
0: I don't know but I can safely assume that it's probably in the thirty forty thousand thousand range of uh, themes that are available and obviously a lot of them look alike and some of them are derivatives of other themes but mm-hmm. there are some important questions that, uh, that need to be asked when you're choosing a theme. For example, I recently did a uh, – in fact, I'm finishing it up now a, – uh, a site, a ground-up site for a uh, personnel recruiter. So they have jobs, and they need mm-hmm. people to be able to submit uh, resumes, applications. They also allow people to post their skills. So if a headhunter comes to the site or if a, an employer is on the site, they can reference that particular person and see if they fit their job. Well, for me to code that from scratch and just build it uh, without using WordPress or anything, we're probably in the thirty-five dollars to $50,000 range to do it right. Um, could certainly do it for less, but you wouldn't have all the filters and bells and whistles and things like that. Um, we shopped around and found a theme out of the box for WordPress that comes with the necessary plugins uh to do that and the theme was seventy nine dollars. So I would consider that a, a considerable savings. <laughs> only about yes. um only about twenty nine thousand dollars in savings. So what <laughs> Mike. Mike, I know you go through this and I know you have your favorite themes, but sometimes that theme may not exactly meet what the uh, client is wanting. And I know that you're able to customize themes. Mm-hmm. But when you're first speaking with a client, or if you're giving advice to someone that just they really just want to do it themselves, what are the, some of the things that you point them to about themes?
1: Well, what I do is I I ask them, okay, essentially, what do you want, what do you like in other sites as far as that Mm -hmm. goes, and what do you like about those in particular? What do you like about those sites or what don't you like about those sites? And I ask them, okay, what do you want your homepage to look like? But that isn't the end of the story. You've also got to go and move on beyond that and get into, you know, the What do you want a regular page to look like? Once you get past the home page, a lot of those features, you know that could be parallax images or what have you, are going to disappear. And so a lot of uh, what they're looking for, you've got to find out you know what do you you know do you want one column, two columns? Once you get past the home page? Do you want a sidebar on the left, the right side? you know what else are you doing with it? That you're going to end up needing. Do you need, how much of a footer do you need? And, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's a good place to start.
0: Yeah, it is. And that's kind of where I start is what's your focus? Well, this particular person, his focus was he wanted to uh, feature jobs and uh, employee candidates. So it was pretty easy to mm-hmm. find that now matching it up to make it look like another website would have been completely different fortunately he didn't have any concept of design he was mostly concerned with function and we found that we did have to do some some redesign so some of the questions I ask first of all is uh, what's your focus I mean are you a local restaurant and you want to have your menu on do you have catering do you have room bookings do you have reservations online those are important questions to ask now you say well some of that's handled by plugins yes it is, but when you have a design, a theme that has that integrated into it, it just usually seems to work out much better from my experience. Uh when you when somebody actually designs a restaurant website and, and I do restaurant websites from time to time. Um, it it makes it a lot easier because they'll have part of the theme will be to make the presentation in a specific way. Uh, one question is, are you, if you're going to be a real estate agent, are you going to be using an IDX on the website? Mm. Now you can integrate most IDXs with any theme, but if there's one that's specifically built to go with that IDX, you might want to take a look at it because they may have taken into some, into consideration, um, Uh, other things. So first is, what is your focus? The second one, most important, I think, is are you going to be doing this yourself or are you hiring Mike or Ken or some other professional to do this for you? Makes a big difference. And I'll use my, I'll go back to my example of the, uh, of the uh, job career site. When we found the plugin, it looked a specific way in their demo. Well, as you know, Mike, rarely ever does the installed theme on somebody else's website look like the demo. And that's because there've been some customizations made. Now I'm not talking about necessarily right. coding customizations, but somebody's really taken some time, sometimes as much as 12 to 20 hours to make that theme look the way that it does. So if you're going to be doing mm-hmm. that yourself, you re- are you really proficient enough to make that happen? Or is it going to be beneficial to uh, hire Mike? What else, Mike? What else is important in selecting a theme?
1: Well, you know, i got to go back to this professional thing because there's a wide range of professionals. And you and I have both been called in to fix something that a – and I'm going to do my – you can't see it on on the radio, but I'm going to do air quotes. Professional created a (laughs) website, and then we have to go in and fix it. Mm -hmm. Um, So caveat – Uh, There's a wide range of people who call themselves professionals. Uh, Do your due diligence and your homework and find somebody who is really. Um, Next point that we had on our list is, uh, is it mobile ready? Is it mobile responsive? Is it that is so important? Um, It's incredibly important, and it better be. If it's not, uh, that's not the right thing for you. Hello, man.
0: That's very true. Hello, man's got it right. Um, There are many, and I would say it's still the majority of themes that are out there are still not mobile ready. And if you install a site today that's not mobile ready, you're actually installing a site that probably would have been good four years ago. But in the last four years, it's already become obsolete. Uh I do a lot mm-hmm. of surfing in the evening. Either uh, my, my wife calls it telephonovizer netting or something like that, where you televisor <laughs> phonetting. Um where you sit at the compu at the television with a laptop and a and a uh mobile device. Uh and and I've been known to do that from time to time myself. So it gets really frustrating if I go to a site and I can't see it. Even if I turn my phone into the landscape position, I still have to zoom in and scroll around. So it's very important to make sure that you're just, just don't even get one that's not mobile ready. All of the ones right now that are created by WordPress themselves, by automatic with two T's, um, Mm. those are mobile responsive. Now they'll need some, Good customization to make them look the way you want to, but uh, other than that, they're usually flawless with operating with uh, all types of content as well as a mobile device. Which just brought up another thing: WordPress lately has done a better job of integrating audio and video playback capabilities into the core. At one time, you had to really worry about that because it was up to the theme to uh, do that. So. Now, if you just put a uh, a YouTube link or one of the other video service links into your content, it will pop up a player automatically. Yeah. What happens outside of that is if you leave it alone, it's responsive. But some themes can actually change the way that that works. And YouTube videos by default are not responsive. Did you know that, Mike? I bet you yeah. I bet you I bet you found that out multiple times. So, you've got <laughs> to make sure that you're not if you're going to be using a lot of video that your theme is not taking away the responsiveness of the video player. The default WordPress player is responsive. Uh, you'd almost need to ask someone like Mike or, or me to check that out for you. Um, Another one is how many options does the theme have? Mike mentioned earlier, do you want one column, two columns? Do you want sidebars on the inside? How big do you want your header? Do you want what's called a hero unit? Uh, Mike mentioned the parallax. We won't get into that right now, but there's. Uh, do you want to be able to show <clears throat> text over a, a slider? How big do you want your footer? Do you want a footer? Do you want <clears throat> widgets in your footer? Uh, do you want widgets in your header? There are multiple things. And then now, with the new customization capabilities, you can change your font. You can change your header font. You can change your text color. You can change your background colors, um, menu drop-down colors, a lot of different things if the theme coder has included those capabilities in it. So that's another question yep. to ask. Do you Are you going to do a lot of the design work yourself? Then, then those things are going to be important. Um, I'm going to take this next one because this one gets me and you know, it does. And that's, does it take Mm -hmm. over? (laughs) Mike's already, he's ready to go. Uh, Does it take over your editor? In other words, when you go to edit content, are you seeing the default WordPress editor or are they giving you something where you can drag and drop and stick this and that and other stuff in there? I'm just going to tell you flat out. I can't stand visual editors. First of all, they can destroy your uh, mobile version because even though the contents of in and of themselves may be responsive, when you start stacking them in there, you completely lose it. So I've been to websites that you had to scroll back and forth, no matter what you did, you couldn't get it on your screen. Um, It bloats your content with uh, extraneous characters, HTML characters that are not needed PHP uh, phones Mm -hmm. and and other things. And, And, I think that's a pet peeve of Mike's as well. I don't know if he feels as strongly about it. Where are you on that, Mike?
1: You know, to me, what what a visual editor is, is essentially um, it's uh, the developer who created the theme didn't want to take the time and energy to create the theme properly. So he used one of these visual editors or attached it inside his theme so that uh, you can create boxes, you can create columns, you can do all this other kind of stuff easily. And it seems like a good idea to you. It's a bad idea uh, for a whole lot of, like you said, it bloats the site. It it breaks the mobile responsiveness a whole lot, a lot of times. Um, and that's the biggest problem with visual editors. Mm-hmm.
0: It is, and that's exactly why i don't like them let's jump to the very last one mike that you added let's let's go into that one
1: yeah you want me to start i do support you stick the Mm -hmm. theme in you go okay it's almost working but i got this one problem and where do you go and that's the the biggest thing so there there are sites out there that um like and i'll just say theme forest um that feature uh, their for sale type themes. And so anybody, anybody can create a theme, stick it up there. And if it catches and it, it, you know, all of a sudden people go, wow, this is really cool because it looks good. Uh, Mm -hmm. And they start buying it. They put it into their, their site and that's great. And maybe it was an okay design theme at the time the problem is that could have been a high school kid really smart high school kid and now he's off away to college or it could have been you know just somebody who's just moved on whatever you want to say there is no uh, that guy's gone the guy who knows all the code he's long gone you gotta mm-hmm. make sure that if you're buying a theme, you've got there's a support system in place. And you know, Theme Forest, what they do is for every theme they know that guy might be gone. Uh they have a support group and so the community theoretically becomes a support uh after that guy's gone. I'm not buying into that. I mm-hmm. not my I I don't think that works. I think it works somewhat, but it really doesn't. No, um, I agree Make sure you have support
0: Yep, otherwise you're going to end up calling me or Mike And we're not free support We, we can support you But it's there's going to be a fee uh, I think that was pretty good stuff Give that a listen back We're going to take just a few minutes and talk about our other topic Because this might help you Zone in on why it's important To be active on social media I'm going to, I'm going to say I'm going to start it with talking about My high school reunion That's coming up this year so what we're talking about here is yeah. social media didn't exist. My high school reunion, we've, we've had, we had a 5, we had a 10, we had 20. Then we had like a 38. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, and now we're having a 40th. <clears throat> I know it's difficult to imagine that I was alive that long ago, but I was. And literally within two weeks, we had over 140 people say that they were interested in attending. So without social media, first of all, we wouldn't have even known where those 140 people are. Um, But because of social media and the different connections, uh, we were able to find them quickly uh, and get them into a group and start planning our reunion. So it's going to be a much better reunion because of the turnout. Um, Another one is if you run a business and I have a client that has a restaurant in a, a town up here in North Georgia, almost in the mountains. And they're, they're in a medium-sized city. I mean, they've got about uh, probably 60,000 residents there. This, the manager of that company, the manager of that restaurant, not even really very social savvy, just knew that if he created a Facebook page and had people like his Facebook page uh, at the restaurant – that he would he would do okay, and now he's got about 3,600 likes. And every time he posts, you know, when you look at your uh, when you look at your activity, he's mm-hmm. getting seen by three to five hundred people every time he posts. Because he doesn't post all the time; he posts maybe yep. uh, three or four times a week. And can you imagine? How many people he's getting because of that, because now they'll have uh, events for special occasions, uh, like they recently had a Valentine's one. And in this small town, they had a waiting list of four hours (laughs) for Valentine's meal for people wanting to get in. (laughs) So if Facebook wasn't there, none of that would have happened. None of it. Yeah. What if there was no Twitter? Think about the news Where we, like, that travels so fast.
1: That's exactly what I was going to say. Where would we get news, breaking news? Where does that come from?
0: I'm here in Georgia. One of my responsibilities is to monitor natural disasters, terrorist events, things like that. I tell you what, I'm the first one on Twitter. As soon as I know something's up. I am on Twitter and I've got my filters set up so I can filter posts. I can look for things like tornadoes, trees down, damage, hail, winds, uh, all that stuff. And I find it in seconds so I can create my what are called situation reports, sit reps and get those up to where they need to go
1: within 10 Mm -hmm.
0: minutes loaded with details. So if you're a business and you're on Twitter what kind of information are you putting out? That's the big question. Um, if you're just going around, just spouting out, you know, come see my listing at 123 Any Street, uh, <laughs> no good. But if you're, if you're promoting an event that's happening in your town, it's still your name on it. You're still the one that's promoting it. People still see you and they can click on your profile. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I did this some years ago. There's a thing here called Birch Pumpkin Patch. And this was probably... Eight years ago, I did it. I tweeted out, "Come join us at Burt's Pumpkin Patch on Saturday, uh, October the fifteenth, or whatever the date was." And mm-hmm. you, I got like thirty responses. People wanted to come. People wanted to know where it was. It helped popularize me. What 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 else could be missing from social media, or if we didn't have a social media?
1: Well, uh, since we're on. Uh, different social media networks, uh, LinkedIn. Um, if if somebody Google's your name, your LinkedIn profile comes up first. Uh, mm-hmm. Generally, I'm going to say, um, for most people, and um, people wouldn't know what you did.
0: <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, in a in a in a strange way, that LinkedIn is your I'm going to say your online resume or your source for people to find your online resume. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's, to me, I think LinkedIn is very valuable in that way. I don't get a lot of um, other stuff from LinkedIn. I run a couple of different groups. It doesn't take me a whole lot. But um, really, uh, I go to that generic, somebody Googles you, uh, what shows up? And LinkedIn would be there. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: Agreed. Absolutely. In fact, I actually massage my LinkedIn profile. There's a lot of experience that I have that's not on there. And I, it's because I'm not interested in doing that. <laughs> it's the things mm-hmm. that are relevant to what I do and what I want to do. Uh, Instagram, you can say the same thing. Um, if, if Without Instagram, we would miss some events. Uh, we would miss some news. I see a lot of news that's on there. I have some brands that I follow on there that uh, I, I like to collect knives. I follow a couple of knife companies, and they put photos of their new inventory on there or a new design they have. There's all kinds mm-hmm. of things we'd miss. I think it's time to say bye though, Mike.
1: Oh no! Bye, Mike. I think it is. Bye, Mike.
0: Thanks for listening to yet another edition of Social Media Edge Radio. With your host, Ken Cook, and co-host Mike Mueller. Stay on top of what's happening by visiting socialmediaedge.com.